On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are doing good guy, bad guy, mm. Tony guy, <laughs> Cal's guy. It's it's. There's a lot to get to, Tate. There's a lot of uh, uh, our guys. Are, kind of- our guys are in trouble. That's what yeah. we're saying right now. Every <laughs> single year, we usually have Cal's guys, Tony guy, uh, and we jump in, and it's usually a celebration of sorts. You know, they're winning games. The the world is excited about their teams. Not so much this week, but we got a lot to talk about. So yeah, we're 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 gonna break down the guys. That's that it's Tuesday. That's what we do on Tuesday. So uh, mm. buckle in for the rest of the season. We're <laughs> we're we're going over all of our guys on Tuesday. Also tonight, the Big Ten ACC Challenge is taking place. Both of our alma maters are playing. Ohio State mm. will be at Notre Dame. They're both playing on the road. North Carolina will be at Iowa. So we have yeah. that. Um, it, we have that excuse built in if it goes horribly wrong tonight. That we're on the road, right? Yeah, we're on the road, and uh, you know how it is. It's set up in this way for for these teams to get their big wins at home in front of the home crowd. Oh, wait, that's not the case this season. So it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. I, uh, usually home court matters in these types of games. Obviously, it always matters in college basketball, but the ACC Big Ten Challenge is going to look a little bit different this year. So we'll we're, see what it looks like. We're going to uh, do our best to pick the games, which I thought would be easier than it was. <laughs> like I thought I, I thought with the Big Ten being so loaded and the ACC doesn't seem that great. Yeah. Yeah. That I thought when it came time to pick the games, I would be I would be pretty confident in a lot of these. Uh, I was not. So uh, we're we're gonna hash it out and we're gonna share our picks and we're gonna try to do some confidence <laughs> uh, type ranking thing and 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 have some fun with that at the end. But uh, we got to get to our good guys and our bad guys, Tate. We're going yep. to do that right after we get to first. Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. All right, apologies out of the gate for the late podcast. Usually we like to put these out uh, Tuesday morning. You wake up, you, uh, I, I don't know, usually when you're driving into work, but is anybody driving into work these days? I guess some mm-hmm. people are. Um, mm-hmm. But whatever it is, however you start your day on Tuesday, usually we like to have the pod ready for you by then. But uh, we uh, we took the day off yesterday because it was Moses' birthday. He turned 10. Mm-hmm. My dog turned 10. I love him to death. I texted, I texted you and the production team, and I said, I want to take Moses. He only turns 10 once. I want to take him to the dog park all day and spoil the hell out of him. I ended up spending well over $200 at the pet <laughs> store, which like I didn't expect it as I was grabbing everything. I was just walking around. I was like, oh, let's get that. Oh, let's get that. Let's get that. And then we go check out and I was like, oh my God. Uh, but yeah, so that's what we did. So anyway, that's that's why the pot is late is uh, I was I was being a, an obsessive dog owner. Yesterday. Yeah. I mean, you live in California. Don't apologize to the people. This is probably one of the most dog-friendly states in the world. I know Bill mm-hmm. Walton told us that Asheville is, is the top five <laughs> dog-friendly city in the world. Uh, I don't know where LA is, but they're pretty high on the map. And yeah. obviously, Moses has it's, been a part of this program since day one. In so. fact, you bring that up. Uh, and, and Gavin Newsom, I watched the press conference he did last week. He, he said everything is shut down for human beings, but dogs do whatever you want. That's, that, was, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was the rule. Yeah, yeah he the looked dogs. over and said, who let yeah. the dogs out? They all <laughs> high-fived, and they left the press conference. <laughs> uh, enough with the nonsense. We, we, we have a ton to get to. Uh, and it starts, as always, on Tuesdays with our good guy of the week. Mm. Uh, I will let you go first, just because I'm in a giving mood. Um you can you can start us off. I, I have a feeling this week, I don't know, maybe not. I maybe I say this every week, but I have a feeling we might we might have similar picks. So uh, I'll let you go first just in case I have to do an audible here. Yeah. Well, I, I had this plan at the start of the year, Mark Titus. I thought that every single Tuesday when we got together, you would ask me, Tate, what's your good guy of the week? And I would look at you, I would cackle, I would laugh, and I would say, You already know the answer, Titus. It's Josh Pastner. And uh and unfortunately, 
the Kentucky Wildcats, our cows guy, did not let that be the case this week. So I, I actually had to prepare a good guy because I thought it was going to be simple. I felt like I said you were going to ask me. I was going to well, give you an if answer. You were, the galaxy brain move would be to like find a way to argue that it, this that, was a good guy move. Good. Come on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, beating, and, beating Kentucky by seventeen was actually a good guy move. Somehow, that's what yeah. I was going to do. But I watched enough of that game uh, for me to to know deep down in my heart that a, a team that lost to Georgia State and Mercer, I yeah. cannot give them uh, the benefit yeah. of the doubt by beating Kentucky by seventeen points. I don't know what's going on with Cal Sky. We'll get to that. But my good guy of the week is Jeff Capel, Pittsburgh's mm. head basketball coach a lot of people know that he is famously a bad guy on this program and I think this year is a year where everyone's doing their their version of extreme makeover you know what I mean mm-hmm. everyone wants to be a good guy that's a bad guy a la Josh Pastner uh coach Cal is one of those guys uh and this is Jeff Capel's turn to do that and and started with one quote which player safety is you know the number one thing that we talk about here on this program it's it's our top priority at all it's paramount time. it's paramount, Para- yeah. it's paramount. Mm-hmm. and uh and Jeff Capel was asked about these kids uh uh, and specifically these kids playing basketball games when we've had over 150 postponements, you know, all the stuff that's going on with coronavirus. And he said, I don't think anyone can say anymore that these young men are amateurs. Mm. That's out the window. Throw it out. They're not They're They are absolutely not amateurs. And, uh, and then he continued, and he's like, continued. "In fact, yeah, in yeah. fact, I've been paying my players the entire time." Yeah, and in that same sentiment, they all take salaries for me. <laughs> and he turned into bad guy right then. But I, I just wanted to say, you, you and I have talked about this. Player safety is 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 paramount in yep. the world of college basketball right now, especially paramount. when it comes to, when it comes these to, unprecedented times. In these yeah. unprecedented times, uh, and Jeff Capel is sticking his neck out there and saying, yep. "Pay these kids." Uh, cool. This is good guy move of the week. Congratulations. It, it could be considered bad guy, but I think this is good no, guy. No, it's good guy because he's trying to get everyone to think he's a good guy, one. But then yeah. also, as we always know, the, ne- the, the, the next layer of being a good guy mm-hmm. is uh, you're not winning games. Yes. And, I, and the timing of this is Juicy Tate, that he's coming out and saying this right before he's about to play Northwestern, mm-hmm. uh, who is one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. And uh, it, it's, it's the Coach K successor face-off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with Collins and Capel and I, I I'm not saying he's getting ahead of it and he's he's trying to make the conversation about him and his team be this this statement just in case he gets smoked at Northwestern mm-hmm. is that tonight or is it tomorrow yeah. I think they it's play, tomorrow it's tomorrow yeah they get they have the last game they they, they have the very last game of the whole challenge uh, I'm not saying he's getting ahead of it but uh you know it might work out that way where it's a nice little coincidence that like after the game he loses by 20 at Northwestern any other time, you're like, what the hell is happening to Pitt? I think Pitt already lost to St. Francis, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. They did. Any, yep. Anytime you lose to a team that has to put the state in parentheses mm-hmm. to, to clarify which school we're talking about, you lose to that team, mm-hmm. that's not a good place to be. That's how they started the season. Uh, it's not going well. It's not, they're not going to be good this year, obviously, Pitt. And Northwestern isn't either. And I think uh, any other time you lose to Northwestern, They'd be like, Jeff, what the hell's going on with your program? But instead, watch what happens. They're going to lose Northwestern. Postgame press conference would be like, you had a great point the other day, Coach. Would you like to expand on that? And he's like, yes, I absolutely would. And make sure that you do not put that score up on ESPN and make sure that Jay-Z does not see this. And also, let me tell you about why these kids need to get paid. And then everyone's like, man, Jeff Capel, what a great guy. We love him so much. He's fighting for these kids. And that's the whole point of being a good guy. So Jeff Capel, good guy of the week. Uh, My pick for good guy of the week is... Okay, I was, I was thinking of how to set this up. Let's just ju- I'm just going to say it. It's Dennis Gates, and if you don't know who he wow. is, he, he is the head coach of the Cleveland State Vikings. Um, and his team <laughs> played against the Ohio Bobcats over the weekend, Tate. Ohio went on a 40 to nothing run 
40 to nothing. Mm. It is the all-time Division One record. This has never happened in college basketball. They, a 20-0 run. I remember uh, Virginia went on a 20-0 run against Notre Dame a few years ago. And the reason I remember it is because it was so shocking to see a 20-0 run, to watch mm-hmm. a basketball game, a college basketball game, mm-hmm. and see 20-0. Um, and, and I remember Virginia did this, and it stuck with me all these years because it was so crazy to see that. Ohio did that. There was a timeout. There's a there's a there's a break in the action, and then they did another 20 run right after that. Uh, Dennis Gates, it, it, it's my pick for good guy. Not only because like how how do you let this happen? I don't know. Like at some point, you just have to lose. You have to lose your mind on the bench. The fact that he like didn't just pull his team off the floor and say we're done. We're 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 protesting. We're done. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not putting this product out on the floor. Um, tells me he's a good guy. That he's what do you just sit there and clap like Jason Garrett and say like yes, I believe in you. Yes, Come on. Yes. Yes. Every single time. Let's make sure That's all you have to do. That's all you have um, to do. It was so bad, Tate, that people were tagging me in tweets and, and whatever and sending me stuff saying this wouldn't happen if you were the coach. Because yeah, make thought, Chicago State again. That's what the people People want. thought Cleveland State was Chicago State because Chicago State <laughs> is the team, the green team of that, that yeah. has the C State that gets absolutely destroyed every <laughs> we time. Need, we need the parentheses yeah. right now. <laughs> so we can Cleveland, Cleveland State, know. parentheses, Ohio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the one I was trying to coach is – is Cleveland State versus <laughs> Illinois. Yeah. Uh, so the, he's, he's my pick for good guy for that reason. But also uh, the, the extra layer to this is Jeff Bowles is the head coach at Ohio. He was uh, an assistant at Ohio State when I was at Ohio State. Mm. He's my favorite assistant coach. I don't, it, it's him and Coach Mata is my favorite wow. coach ever. Um, I love Jeff Bowles so much. He is – the way I would explain Jeff Bowles to people who have no idea who Jeff Bowles is, if you've been paying attention to what Indiana football has been doing – and uh, how much the players love Tom Allen. And mm-hmm. every time Indiana wins, Tom Allen's given a speech. And, like, his players are <laughs> – like, Jeff Bowles, to me, is the Tom Allen of college basketball. He just hasn't he, – he, he's going to get his next job after this. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to be beloved. And what what happens next, I don't know. But I love the guy. His players love him. He's awesome. So I think this is this is also a good guy move by Dennis Gates to give Jeff Bowles a nice little bump where everyone – we had uh, the Jason Preston story. They, they took Illinois yep. – uh, they gave Illinois a good game. Ohio did. Uh, and then we talked about Jason Preston and and his story's crazy. Uh, and then now we have this 40 run. I'm just saying like there's 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 some sort of collective effort from college basketball to like mm-hmm. kind of prop up the Bobcats. And uh, that, I, I like that. I like that for for old Bolsey. He's a good really dude. And as a former Bobcats fan, obviously the professional version, I think it's good for just the Bobcat brand. You know, right now when you think yeah. of Bobcat, you think of the maybe the tractor that's used, you know, mm-hmm. in construction, but. Right now, we need Preston and Bulls and the Bobcats. And Ohio is a basketball state. You know what I mean? There's a chance for people to look around. They say, hey. It's not uh, Cleveland. Cleveland's in Ohio. <laughs> Obviously not in Cleveland. No, 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 no. That's Chicago State now. We, we have now, they've morphed into one. Uh, and that's where they sit. The worst part about this game, though, is like as you're going through game score on the, on the app and you look at second half, it just had zero. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and you thought it was a, like, I looked at it. I was like, what's going on they here? They ended up scoring. They Yeah. They ended up scoring like 21 in the second half. Cleveland State, but for the longest time, it was a, it was five, nothing to end the first half. And then the mm-hmm. 35, they started the second half, 35, nothing. So I have no idea what Bulls told the team at halftime, but my God, you could, you, you could record that conversation, bottle it up, <laughs> send it to every team in America and mm-hmm. watch what happens next. That is, yeah. uh, that must've been a hell of a halftime speech, but yeah, it was, uh, it, I, I've never seen it like it cause it's never happened before. It's, 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 it's still crazy. 40 to nothing. Yeah, I'm trying to like, where does Cleveland state go from here? Yeah, Obviously. Or, or that, the that, program. <laughs> 
you want to be in the news, but not for these types of reasons. But, uh, you know, good guy of the week. I wish I could see the press conference after that game. I guess you just yeah. say, I got to tip my cap to the other guys. Uh, and I just want to do that one more time. Let me tip my cap again. You just continue to tip your cap until you just walk out. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> Dennis Gates, he's doing his press conference. He's like, we just didn't make shots. I think we ran good offense. Yeah. We just. Uh... <laughs> he's like, my bad, guys. I 40, thought we had this. 40 to nothing run. Oh god. All right, let's move on. Uh what is your pick for bad guy of the week? Yeah, bad guy of the week was pretty easy for me uh in the sense that I've been waiting for him to go back to his roots to be the bad guy. He doesn't have the pinstripe suit anymore and I think that always hurts when you're talking about bad guys and you're talking about flair, but Jay Wright was in Austin, Texas. He was taking on the Texas Longhorns and I think going into this game you and I especially, we were team Texas Maui bump. We're thinking to ourselves, mm-hmm. if Texas can just hold course, if they can just get through this one last game, hold Villanova off, they get into Monday to the AP poll, they're going to be top 10. You know, They're going to jump from 17 to the top 10. You and I are going to high five. We're going to say this is Maui bump season, but not so fast. Mm-hmm. Jay Wright takes his team down there. Colin Gillespie, you know, at the end of that game, is not going to miss any of these free throws. I don't know how, if you're Texas, you keep fouling Colin Gillespie. That's a, a totally different conversation. But bad guy of the week is Jay Wright. He goes down, gets Villanova a signature win. Uh, it makes you forget about the Virginia Tech loss. No one remembers it now. All you're thinking about is they got a nice road win at Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas, one of the hottest teams in the country. That would probably be the terminology used for them. So, Jay Wright goes in there, gets a bad guy win. Then the reason it was a bad guy win is right after, you know, they get done with the game, they, they show the camera and he's like, Shaka, you know, he does the, I told you, I like, I like when the coach doesn't want to, you know, go over there and That's give the so handshake, good. but, but he's like smiling, having a great time. Like, great to see you, Shaka. See you later. <laughs> uh, bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. See you later. And that was Jay Wright in that, that moment. So and, uh, and it, it, it wore my heart. I was like, bad guy of the week. There he is. Easy, that- easy enough. That's been one of my favorite things about the uh, of college basketball <laughs> in the COVID era of the, is is the lack of post game handshakes. Which yeah, I I, I wonder we, we should do a power rankings. Uh, maybe revisit this in in mid February or something of changes that have happened because of COVID that are going to stick around forever. Because that, that's become a lot of the conversation with Jay Wright not wearing suits is is this a permanent thing? Because Jay Wright, mm-hmm. even even Jay Wright apparently doesn't want to wear suits again. He's, he's saying mm-hmm. he's cool with being casual. And a lot of people are saying maybe we've seen this is the end of suits on the sideline mm-hmm. for college basketball coaches. Uh, but what if this is the end of handshakes, Dave? Because I, I actually do love uh, – if it's the end of handshakes, I still want the coaches to do that, though, where they turn – because it has been hilarious to watch the coaches mm-hmm. like – you kick the other guy's ass, and then you just kind of like <laughs> wave that out. Like <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, um, that's what bad guys do. So bad guy of the week, Jay Ray. We I, I still believe in Texas. I I never stop believing in Villanova. Villanova is so good, dude. They're mm. so fun to watch. Mm. And and I'm not I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said already in the last ten years with Villanova basketball. But those guys are they're, they're so fundamental. They said everybody they put on the floor can shoot, can dribble, can pass. Um, it, and, and- it, yeah. No, I was going to say they needed one play, too, to kind of solidify the fact that they are legit. And, like, when Jeremiah Robinson Earl did the nice little pump fake drive the baseline, got the dunk on Kai Jones, yeah. there was a look over at the bench where Villanova was like, yeah, we're we're here to play. Okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, we're good. Don't worry about us. I know we lost Virginia Tech, but that was Mr. November. That was a different kind of magic that we couldn't deal with. I'm, They're legit. I'm buying every ounce of stock in Villanova that people were mm-hmm. selling. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. it's it, a lot of people probably aren't selling after Texas. But same with <laughs> Texas. I'm still buying. If you're, if you're trying to sell your Texas stock because they just lost a I'll take it. Give it to yeah. me. Give yeah. it to me. Both those yeah. teams are really good. Uh, we, we'll we'll spin it for Texas instead of like you know they the Maui bump and then they kind of they lose their first game after Maui. We'll say there's like a Maui hangover because 
uh, Maui takes so much out of you. What the, mm-hmm. the what it takes to win a Maui Invitational, it takes so much that you have nothing left in the tank, and that's mm-hmm. that's what ultimately was Texas's fault. So and, they'll be fine. <laughs> and, and I think at the end of the day, like they move up to thirteen, yeah. like four spots in the AP poll counts. So I, no, they're know, good. That's Texas, enough of a bump. Texas, I, everything we said about Texas after Maui still applies. They're still yeah. a very good team. Villanova's just good too, and that, that happens up to Villanova. As I said in the preseason, uh, they just have to play like good enough defense. They have to mm-hmm. play like. A minus B plus defense, I think, and they're mm. they're good enough to win a national. Their offense is unbelievable, and not they they didn't score a ton of points against Texas. Texas plays great defense, whatever, but it's just so relentless and so um yeah. Everybody they put on the floor, they can they can do so many things, and and it's I, they're they're so fun to watch. I love watching Villanova, especially this Villanova yep. team. I don't yep. know where Jay is this Jay Wright coaching these guys up, or does he find them like this? That's that's the million dollar <laughs> question. Like, is, is, does he take guys mm. that can't shoot and make them shooters? Yes. Or does he? <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. It looks like they're playing a different He's brand Chip of basketball. England. Yeah. Like you watch them, and then you watch like Indiana. I mean, my God, like Indiana's guards don't even look at the rim, and Villanova's <laughs> guard—they're just like they look like pros. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, great pick, bad guy of the week. My yeah. pick. Uh, this was obvious for me. This is this is a no-brainer. He is. Uh, we're we're keeping it in Ohio. Both of my picks: good right. guy and bad guy were in Ohio. Right. Uh, my pick is Xavier head coach Travis Steele, mm. who. After, first of all, the Crosstown shootout was on Sunday, which a lot of people probably didn't know. We did our best to remind them by mentioning it in our preview <laughs> show that the Crosstown shootout was going to get played. But uh, it, it is the best rivalry in college basketball that nobody outside of the rivalry cares about. Mm-hmm. It is it's by very far. It's <laughs> Cincinnati-centric, yeah. It's similar to the Richmond rivalry with VCU. Richmond, yeah, yeah those, those, But they would be upset if we said that. But uh, it definitely means a lot. You can see, I mean, obviously zip them up. We know that whole storyline in 2011. But just uh, the fact that Travis Steele had this moment where it's right. There was a video of him taking money to the he bar. Won. Right? Yep. Yeah, he, he did this last year. Last year, uh, uh, Travis Steele, this is his third year at, at, at Xavier. First mm-hmm. year, uh, he coaches against Mick Cronin, gets kind of destroyed. It was, I think they lost by 15. <laughs> um, he loses. Mick Cronin takes the UCLA job, famously, as we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Steele has not lost since. So I don't know what's going on in Cincinnati. Do they need bring Mick home? Is that what yes. they should, – should Mick, like, take the week off? as UCLA head coach and fly back to Cincinnati and, and offer his thoughts to, to get Cincinnati or because they can't win without Mick Cronin. So last year, Travis Steele gets his first win as Xavier head coach in the shootout. He goes to Dana gardens, which is a bar or the Xavier bar, like right around the area. And uh, it's, it's, I guess the, the post game spot he walks in, he gives his son a thousand dollars and his son walks in and pays for his, his, his very underage son, <laughs> extremely underage son <laughs> walks into the bar Throws a thousand dollars in the air, basically, uh, whether he did or not, like just metaphorically threw it in the air and uh, picked up the bar tab for a thousand dollars. Said a thousand dollars worth of drinks on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat Xavier beat Cincinnati again this year. Travis Steele ups the ante. He 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 bumps it up to two thousand dollars this year, and he says, nice. I, have, "I have two wins against Cincinnati, mm-hmm. so we're doubling it." Um, and he did. He went to the same bar, Dana Gardens, and, and spent two thousand dollars on bar tabs. At Dana Garden, so uh, that is that is a big time bad guy move, and, <laughs> and it's a bad guy move for this reason too. We should say because Travis Steele, his first two seasons at Xavier, have not been awesome. Like they're not. I don't think he's on a hot seat. But if I said Travis Steele's on the hot seat, you're not getting a lot of pushback from Xavier fans if you say that. No one's going to be like, now hang on a second. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, eh, I, I could kind of see it. So the fact that he he does this to remind people, I beat. Not only did I beat Cincinnati, I gave you guys free money. 
That's a, that you're you're winning over Xavier fans with that move. Yeah, you talk about winning over Xavier fans. Here's the play. Here's what they have to do in the Crosstown Shootout next year. It's not about three stacks. It's not about having $3,000. It's not about going to the Dana Gardens with 3000 and throwing it up in the air because we've seen that now. You've done the same show twice. Next year, you have two men at a game sitting next to each other, defying all odds, making people say, wait, what? I didn't even know that this was possible. You get J.P. Makura sitting next to Mick Cronin, <laughs> and they both have the X on their chest. Maybe, maybe, maybe they even have like JP as X and then, you know, Mick has factor. And those guys are just sitting in the crowd <laughs> with each other. Mick Cronin has famously said since taking the UCLA job, he is pulling for Xavier. There, there is bad blood between his old, you know, team Cincinnati and himself. I think if I'm Xavier, I make the play for Mick. I say, Mick, let's try to get you, uh, you know, on an off night when you're not playing to come back to Cincinnati, join us, join the Xavier Did side. Did you really and- say that? Yeah, he said he's pulling. He said he's pulling there's for Xavier. No yeah, look it up. He said he's pulling for Xavier. Uh, there's obviously bad blood between Cincinnati and Mick Cronin. And I think if you're Xavier, you up the ante. You make this the darkest, deepest rivalry of all time. You make it so you, that Titus and I have to talk about the Crosstown Shootout every time it comes up because Mick Cronin has turned to your side. Basically, this is a Papa John moment. Uh, for this rivalry, you get Mick Cronin to go from Cincinnati to come to Xavier's side, and and if and if that's the case, I think that's a win for Dude, everybody. I, I do not believe that. Mick Cronin, I'm telling you, Mick, Mick Cronin is out on out on Cincinnati. He wants to come back to the rivalry in some capacity. I think you bring hold on, him back. Hold on, no, hang on. Did, <laughs> did you eat the trash? Because I see there's a tweet. A guy said, "I asked you, silly. Did, is this the tweet you saw? <laughs> I don't even know what I saw. Someone was it a fake tweet?" I'm not sure, but it I will say be. this: this it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is whatever. This doesn't matter how show. it doesn't matter how real it is. All we have to do, if you're Cincinnati or Xavier, no. you're Xavier at this point. You take Mick Cronin, you bring him to your side, you bring him to the game, and you flex on him. You flex on Cincinnati, yeah. and you say, "We got your guy. He's on our side." I don't think Mick Cronin could ever do this potentially, but I'm just saying, go for yeah, go the, for the, the joy, kill. The joy of our show is we we create our own reality. So <laughs> exactly, not, like, this is a narrative, and it's crew. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about what Mike is McClung this? is Riff Raff's cousin. Yes, and, yes. <laughs> and what is and what is the next step for Xavier? Stick uh, it to him. Bring in Mick Cronin. Bring in JP Matura. I did see that someone booked uh, uh, Cronin on Cameo and <laughs> had him make a. They they left the message very vague. Mm. as you do on cameo which is something that I, I i am so nervous with this with my own cameo that i uh set up that someone's gonna use it to throw stuff back in my face but someone booked cronin they asked him to congratulate a guy by the name of travis mm. for basically winning the city title and then cronin said travis that's big time man you won the city title that's and and the idea is that he's congratulating travis Steele for <laughs> so that i saw savior passing that around Bring it back. I, I do think Mick Cronin going to Xavier is, you know, good for all parties involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. He he just shows he's above it all. He's the UCLA head coach. He's like, I have no Xavier, ties. That's not above it all. That's like he's he's back. No, in he, he's, he's, he's like he's, they invited me. What do you want me to do? I'm an esteemed guest. I'm the coach of UCLA. What do yeah. you want me to do? They should just have Mick Cronin throw out the uh, <laughs> do the opening tip, like the yeah. ceremony. <laughs> Or no, have Kenny Freeze and, and Yancey Gates somehow like show up. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Anyway, shout out Travis Steele. Uh, yeah, shout that, out Travis Steele. That's that's a bad guy move. Is uh, mm-hmm. not only reminding everybody that you win, but uh, literally just throwing money at them and saying, "Please, please let me buy your support." And mm-hmm. I, I think it's gonna work. I think I think if Travis Steele 
if he beats Cincinnati every single year and then goes to the bar and gives Xavier fans free money, he What's will have a job as long as he wants. Yeah, yeah he'll yeah. be there. They'll never fire him. <laughs> I mean, also, didn't OBJ get in trouble for this? Like, same thing. I don't understand how it works. Uh, you could just give out money if you're the head coach, but if you were a former player in the NFL, well, there's no, there were no, there were no players in the bar. I guess. Allegedly, just, yeah, yeah, allegedly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Show me the tape. <laughs> Are, also, you, are you saying it's messed up that like <laughs> players aren't getting paid, Tate? Is that the argument yeah, you're trying yes, to make here? Yes, yes, yes. Jeff Cable already made it. Did you not hear me <laughs> earlier? Uh, uh, all right, moving on. Uh, our Tony guy update. Oh. Um, it's, it's, I, I don't, so Virginia, so Kent, Kent State <laughs> took Virginia to overtime. I watched the entire game. <laughs> Here's your Virginia basketball update. Tate's loving this because, uh, you're, by the way, you're getting the Hauser Bowl tonight. Uh, Mm-hmm. Tonight is the it's tomorrow. I can't. Oh, tomorrow it's Wednesday. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Wednesday. All, all <laughs> the games I'm getting excited about are on Wednesday. Uh, the Hauser Bowl is coming up, so you're you're excited about this. You get to prove once and for all Joey Hauser's better than Sam. But uh, yep. Virginia played Kent State at home. Mm. They were 20 point favorites. I was watching this game with my father. It was it was on Friday night. Uh, we we were my dad was excited because uh, he listens to the show I do that what we did with Charlotte and Charlotte picked Virginia as her team. So this was Charlotte Wilder's first game as a Virginia basketball fan, and we were excited to see what happens and is Charlotte going to be a curse? Whatever. Yeah, definitely. the vibes were that Charlotte was. A curse. Yeah, yes. Uh, Kent State hits a three at the buzzer to send it to overtime. Virginia ultimately ekes it out, gets the win. Um, I have a feeling, and and these sorts of games have been the MO for Virginia for a while that like they, they, the, the stereotypical Virginia game in the Tony Bennett era, and I'm not including the national title mm. team or, or, you know, like obviously he had, he's had some upper echelon teams, but the stereotypical game is like Virginia's up five with two minutes. And then they just kind of like just slowly tighten the screws and, and win by like seven or eight. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, and, but they're always like, if you turn on the game, you're like, ah, Virginia might be in trouble, but they kind of have them right where they want them. And they're just playing with their food a little bit. Um, that that to me has always been the Virginia experience, and I think we're going to get a lot of that this year because this team, I still believe in them. I still think they're good, Tate. The defense isn't there yet. They don't have a Virginia defense yet, and the offense isn't otherworldly. Like they 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 need Sam Hauser to be like he had a good game. Huff mm-hmm. and Hauser played pretty well, but they don't have guys that are they don't have your Kyle guys and your DeAndre Hunters, and and they don't have that. So they're not going to run away on teams. I think Virginia is going to win a lot of ball games, but a lot of their wins are going to look like this, where it's you look up, you're like, what the hell? Kent State's hanging with Virginia? How's that happening? Yeah, they have to figure out some way to make threes. I think in the first game they made 15 threes, if I remember correctly, and you know the 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 Virginia basketball world was on fire. You know they beat Towson, which is in Maryland. Um, put the parentheses around it. Uh, <laughs> they they beat them. Everyone gets excited. You you turn to me. You say Sam Hauser for life. You know, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, and let the people know. I actually um, got that tattooed on my yeah, ribs. Yeah, yeah, Sam for Hauser. life, for life. Uh, and then since then, I think they're shooting 29% from three. So when I look at Virginia, they have to figure that out if they can get some uh some sort of consistency from the three-point line like you said they have a real shot at having a normal virginia season uh they have the defense they have huff and hauser are solid enough uh key huff and hauser is a great by the way just hearing yeah. you say that out loud that's a nice little yeah huff and hauser yeah yeah it's a nice little ring to it you we're know hu- I mean? we're, i'm huff and hauser <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, yeah i'm trying to think <laughs> huff and hauser <laughs> 
the thing if I'm Virginia that I'm worried about is that I'm the third best team in my state, you know, and I think uh, wow that that, that that's something wow. that I look around and I say to myself, and I yet thought they're still the best team in the ACC. So what is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not well. Virginia Tech is better than them, so Virginia Tech is the best team in the ACC. Uh, you know, don't don't blame me for the numbers. That's just the facts. Uh, Richmond, I think, is better than Virginia right now, so they're third place in their own state. Um, Tony's got to turn that around, but. You know, they're still the, the they're still the ACC favorite amongst the media elite. The media elite yeah. is not they have not lost faith in Sam Hauser. Um, and I do think that if they have a good showing in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, that everyone's back on the bandwagon. Never so, forget. Don't the, panic. Uh, don't panic, Virginia. Never forget the New York Times crossword a month ago uh, said three letter <laughs> clue ACC basketball powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. not UNC. It was mm-hmm. UVA. Mm-hmm. Um, can, can I interest you in a, a mystery? surrounding yes, please. Virginia basketball. We we love mysteries on this program. Play the music, Kyle. Mm. Uh, we have the Kihei Clark mystery. Mm. Kihei Clark was the starting point guard in the national champion team as a freshman. He threw mm. the pass to uh, Diakite against Purdue. People forget. That kept yeah. the run alive. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he was a starting point guard on a national champion team, Tate. Kihei Clark is no longer the starting point guard for the Virginia Cavaliers, now in his junior year. He has lost a starting spot uh, to Reese Beekman, a freshman. Mm-hmm who is is good but reese beekman is not uh he's not a guy that 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 he's he's not a one and done guy he's not a guy that's that is in the top five of mock drafts and and if you're kihei clark you shrug your shoulders and you say oh yeah well i mean i mean they brought in derrick rose of course i'm gonna play (laughs) behind you know reese beekman is not derrick rose so what is the mystery here tate is what is going on what is kihei clark is kihei clark in the doghouse is reese Reese beekman awesome in practice i i don't know this is just a mystery to keep your eyes on because uh, it, 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 does, does Tony hate Kia Clark's hair? Cause like he's got bad hair. He's got very bad hair. Yes. Uh, yes. He's got, he, he went the Anthony Gill route where he just like somehow showed up with just awful hair mm-hmm. in the off season. And, and I don't know what happened, but uh, I, I don't know. It's, 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 I don't have a conclusion yet. I'm just saying there's a mystery out there and we are going to, uh, we're going to get to the bottom of it. Kihei Clark's, uh, I guess, best attribute, if you were going to go push come to shove, you, you asked me what his best attribute is, it's vision. And I think court vision would probably be the, the, the accurate description. And when you have the hair, I feel like his peripheral is blocked. Um, I, cannot, I cannot confirm this, but I think the court vision is going a little bit down because of the hair. Uh, I think this is good news for North Carolina fans because, as we all know, we are Dean Smith, you know, basketball community. We believe in seniority. We believe in honoring those who have put more into the program, um, mm-hmm. and that is what North Carolina basketball does. They would never, you know, do something like this to Kihei Clark. So that's good to see that the classiness of Dean Smith in North Carolina holding up as compared to, <laughs> you know, Tony the, Bennett not classy. Tony Tony Bennett is going Coach K, which is obviously not classy, and uh, <laughs> and putting in a freshman over a junior. We don't like to see that. But it is expected at some level. Um, so, you know, it, it is what it is. But I do think Kia Clark, I think I think do a full makeover. You know what I mean? That's what we see with Shaka Smart. He went the wrong way. He went too much hair. Mm-hmm. I think you tie it back. You do something to mm-hmm. get people going. Maybe you even do uh, the old Kyle guy. You know what I mean? Man you bun, do the yeah. man bun. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's possible. But the hair is blocking his vision. Uh Tony Bennett hasn't really said much about it either. No, um, that's what I couldn't figure yeah. it out. I was I was even texting my Virginia people and I was like, "What's going on with Kia Clark?" And they're like, "Ah, eh, nothing. I don't think anything. <laughs> yeah. I, think it's, I think it's all good." They're like, "We trust Tony. Tony knows what he's doing. Like, it's not. A, I'm like, this isn't normal that a guy, <laughs> a guy starts on a, yeah. a national very team. Very dude. Very Greg Paulus. Greg Paulus is like, this, this is Nolan Smith yeah. all over again. 
yeah, that's not. I mean, maybe, maybe it could just be as simple as Kia Clark is like five mm. foot seven, and mm. other teams have figured out that he's not great defensively. Just because he says Virginia on his chest doesn't mean he's like actually a good defender. Mm-hmm. And now we're in year three, and other teams are like, yeah, we could probably just go at this guy and get any shot we want. And then Tony's like, ah, the secret's out. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, <laughs> that's why he grew the hair out. He's, he's like, he's like, I, I can't <laughs> let people know I'm five nine. I gotta yeah, yeah. grow it out. I need four more inches. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll keep an eye on that. The Kia Clark mystery is mm. uh, is getting juicy down in Charlottesville. So, I mean, the the worst part about it is that Kia Clark. I mean, I would be shocked. He he may do this later on, but he will never go publicly and say something. You know what I mean? And that is yeah. the good news if you're Virginia fans. He's not going to go out and say, you know, Coach Ben is cutting my time for whatever reason, and I'm upset about it. He's just going to keep his head down and keep playing I, hard. I think what's going to happen is Kia Clark's going to get a starting job back, and then the story's going to be spun that they were just trying to get like Reese Beekman some confidence or something mm, and mm. build depth. Depth. Build, yeah. D- yeah. <laughs> that, that that's really all it was. All right. Now let's get to the uh, the real. <laughs> exciting part of the good guy bad guy segment which is yeah. cal's guys the yeah. wheels have completely fallen off for cal's guys they are very much his kids they are his babies they are they are uh we we are very we are dangerously close to a, a john calipari press conference where he talks about how the how covid has kept these guys from like if you really think about it because of all the time off and not being able to work with the guys and these kids mm-hmm. uh they're actually kind of like high school freshmen because that, you know, they lost last year. They lost their senior year of high school, kind of. And then now they've lost their offseason. So if you really do the math. These, They're 10th graders. Yeah, these the, kids the, are 5th graders. Yeah. yeah, I got a bunch of 5th graders on my team. Like, he's going to start. I'm as me he, right now. I don't yeah. know what to do with these kids. Yeah, We're very, very close to that. Uh, that that from John Calipari, where as he talks, the guys get younger and younger. And by the time he finishes his sentence, they're still in the womb. But uh the wheels have fallen off for Kentucky. They they are throwing the ball all over the gym. They had 21 turnovers against Georgia Tech. As you said, the, the, the big bullet point for our show today is that they lost by 17 to Georgia Tech, a team that lost uh, started their season with losses to Georgia State and, yep. and Mercer, yep. which Mercer, yeah. Mercer is a parentheses team. Yeah. <laughs> that, is a, uh, yep. that is a parentheses team. Uh, then they turn around and beat the 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 Kentucky Wildcats. The the <laughs> The brand of the South. The, the parentheses Kentucky. <laughs> they beat it by seventeen. Tate. This is this. Maybe I'm overreacting, but like when I saw this, I didn't watch this game because like why would why would I like I I watched the Kentucky and the Champions Classic and I I just said woof get this out of my face and then uh, obviously Georgia Tech is not good. I, I was not interested in watching this game. But when, when I saw the score, I was shocked. This my my initial reaction was this is as bad. Or it's up there with Robert Morris, with uh, uh, Evansville of last year. Like this is this is that bad. And maybe I guess I could walk that back a little bit because Georgia Tech isn't. I mean Georgia Tech's not Wake Forest, but it's bad. That's bad. That is that is one of John Calipari's. It's it's on the John Calipari Mount Rushmore of bad losses at Kentucky. It has to be. It has, it, ha- to. it has to be for sure. I mean, this is they're one and three for the first time in two decades. I think we're gonna hear that for you know until they win their next game. That's gonna be the number one thing, the number one topic. I do think that there was a little bit of revenge uh, that went into this game. Josh Pastner knows Coach Cal. He goes into Memphis after him. He kind of gets uh, a little bit of the Calipari secret or the DNA of what you have to do to win there. 
Um, so there's there's like some sort of layer to that that I'm trying to give him credit for. There's also the Olivier. <laughs> yeah, what, like what what is it? What does he know? How, he yeah, knows how I don't share. I don't know. He knows how he prepares. I don't know. We'll, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. Olivier Saar. Uh, if you're Georgia Tech, you're like I know Olivier Saar. You know what I mean? I I don't care what Dickie V may think. This guy is not that good. You know, Georgia Tech has a little bit of confidence there when they see him on the floor. So there's a little bit of an edge in that sense. Uh, and Kentucky is averaging a turnover. This is a great stat. Every 1.6 minutes. Um, wow. That, that is absolutely insane. And then after the game, Calipari had two words, turnovers and toughness. Um, he is going to be beating those things into his team uh, that they need to be tougher. They need to turn the ball He's going to be left. beating his team. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He said, I got so much work to do. That was his yeah. big quote after the Georgia Tech I, game. Um, I do find that funny. Like, what what is the work to be done? Um, obviously, talk about toughness. Obviously, talk about turnovers. They don't have the talent, it seems, right now, or they just haven't clicked quite yet. Um, there were some people that I saw in the Kentucky. I, I went deep on Big Blue Nation. As this game was going on, you know, the Matt Jones world, I wanted to see what everyone was saying. I mean, there were some people that were saying that Olivier Saar had burners um, and that he was like, he was like commenting saying that it's not his fault um, that they're losing games. I mean, it is, uh, we're at that stage with Kentucky basketball and it's, it's a, it's a drama. You know what I mean? This is something that we have to tune into. Coach Cal's not going to go away. He's going to get ahead. Where of is the story. he? Is he going to? I, the Knicks? I think he's going to get ahead of the story. <laughs> I think he's going to get ahead of the story all year. Uh, what if Cal just takes over for the Knicks halfway man. through the season? He just becomes the Knicks head coach, and he just that would be the Tibbs is like I signed ball. a five year yeah. contract. You're like yeah. get out of get out of my face, <laughs> Coach Cal's here. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> We'll buy you out. Force majeure, bitch. And they just rip up this contact. Leon Rose walks in. Worldwide West. I just rip up the I'm just picture, by the way, you're talking about like like uh, uh, Pastor having Cal's secrets because he took over for him. The, the pastor gets the job at Memphis. And, and he's, he's walking into the office and his assistants are like going to touch stuff. He's like, don't touch anything. He yeah. starts taking a bunch of yeah. pictures. And he's yeah. writing down notes of how Cal likes his office chair and like the color of wallpaper they have. I'd, I'd picture Calipari as a wallpaper guy in the office. And he just, it, pastor's just writing down all these notes. And he's like, in seven years, this is going to, this is going to be very useful. He sees Coach Cal's fat head of himself. He's like, keep that there. I want to, I want to keep that on the wall. Keep looking at that. Yeah. I mean, seven years, it's been, it's been 10 years now, right? Yeah. Years since, oh, wow. wow. That's crazy. Yeah. How old was Pastor when he got the Memphis job? I think 24. <laughs> I remember it was big at the time, but like, even now you're looking back, you're like, my God, this guy's like, 41 <laughs> he's been coaching for 15 years what the hell oh man yeah uh so the, you you mentioned john calipari had two words for yeah. his team i have two words for you panic mm. button mm. where is your hand on the kentucky panic button do you is the panic button out yeah it is out but you're not it, pushing it yet no no, no, no. i i am pushing the button i think you're hitting uh, the button yeah this is this to me kind of reminds me of their 2013 year, the year after they won the championship in 2012, where there was kind of just like, uh, oh shit, this team's not that good. But they ended up, you know, they ended up having a better year. I think they were in eight seed. They make the tournament, you know, whatever. They they kind of figured yeah. it out. So this team could do that same thing. They could have that same. 2013. Yeah. Right. No, they that was the Robert Morris year. They went to the NIT. Oh, that's right. That's okay. Yeah, 2014 was the year after Carolina and in, in Kentucky yeah, yeah, after yeah, yeah. the championship. 2010 Carolina and 2013 Kentucky. Right. They went to the NIT after winning. They did get a one seed in the NIT though, which is pretty good. Congratulations. So, yeah. We'd love to see that. And then they but, I mean, the first round of Robert Morris. That, that that's what it feels like that type of year. But Kentucky fans seem like they're even more off the cliff because last year they did not win the championship. Uh, we did not have a tournament, so they have nothing to really look back on yeah. and say, "Hey, don't you know? You can say whatever, but." 
guess who's still the champs? You know, that was the 2012 situation. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm waiting for them to figure out what they're going to latch on to. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, just the NBA guys. I, I can see like Bam out of bio. And this could be the year that Coach Cal only talks about the NBA basketball uh, and, and the guys he has. Cal to the, the Knicks, Patino back to Camelot. Done and done. Yeah. Sign me up. Do it. Do it. it happen. Yeah. King Rick. King Rick. <laughs> yeah. Kentucky is, uh, it's going to be a long season doing the Cal's guys segment, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, is, uh, I, I have a feeling we're going to do a lot of, uh, repeating of thoughts of yikes, just saying yikes over. <laughs> How many, we're, we're going to measure the, the situation at Kentucky by where's your hand on the panic button? You're saying you're already hitting it. So maybe we just do like, when I say the word yikes, how many eyes are you putting in yikes? Is it mm. yikes? Is it just a yikes? I think <laughs> I think it's I think it's thirteen eyes. Thirteen for, eyes. for, for one and three. Uh, and you know, yikes. Yeah, um. All right, we're gonna take a break. Come back. Uh, do some cleanup duty. Some of the stuff we probably should have hit that we didn't with our segment, and then we'll get to uh, Big Ten ACC stuff after this. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Homage, a legendary offer just for Tyson Tate listeners from the makers of the most comfortable fan clothing around. You got it. It's Homage. Homage crafts famously soft fan clothing that doesn't compromise on quality. And for a limited time only, Titus and Tate listeners can score 20% off their first order at homage.com. Collections that mark iconic moments and teams from the NFL, NBA, NCAA, and more, all printed on ultra soft hoodies, tees, and sweats. Simply use offer code TNT, that's T A N D T, to save 20% on legendary looks. That's homage.com, offer code TNT. And we're also brought to you by First Leaf. There's nothing like that Friday feeling, but I don't have to wait for that feeling to kick in once a week because with award-winning wine from First Leaf, any day can feel like a Friday. First Leaf is a wine club that sends personalized selections of wine from top vineyards around the world directly to you because the only thing better than one fantastic bottle of wine is a case of award-winning wine that shows up at your doorstep. Every bottle is handpicked by experts with your exact preferences and palate in mind for a unique combination of wine you're guaranteed to love. Unlike other wine clubs, First Leaf uses an algorithm and your feedback to curate future wine recommendations. It's worked out great for me. Uh, they they send me a bunch of calves from California and Argentina and Colombia and Chile, and it's just amazing. Subscriptions are flexible and shipments arrive on your schedule and practical, with practically zero effort. Plus, First Leaf is a much more affordable way to enjoy wine from top winemakers and vineyards. You'll always get award-winning wine for an unbeatable low Price, what are you waiting for? Get that Friday feeling like I do any day with First Leaf. Join today and you'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash Tate. That's six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash Tate. All right, Tate, let's start with uh, with Wisconsin Marquette here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Marquette ends up beating Wisconsin. We'll, we'll, we'll say that, but, but the, 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 the conversation coming out of this game is basically everything that happened in the last five seconds. Yep. Uh, there, there was a uh, Demetri Trice. It's a shot for Wisconsin. It looks like it's going to be a game winner. Huge shot, whatever. Uh, DJ card comes down the other end is, is being guarded by Demetri Trice. Questionable call. I thought it was a good call. Mm-hmm. Um, Carton's driving to the basket. Try because Trice tries to flop, which I I don't understand why you do this in this moment. And and uh, I it was one of those things where like you hate that that's the call at the end of a game. 
But at the same time, if there's 12 minutes left in the game, Brad, Brad would have gotten the charge call. Yeah. That's all I had to say. That that was Brad. Brad probably. Take. Brad would have yeah. probably. That, yeah, Demetrius Trice, you're not Brad Davison. Mm-hmm. Don't try to emulate yeah. the pro here. Stay on your feet. Um, yeah. But yeah, if, if that if that play happens and there's 12 minutes left in the first half, they're calling it every single time. You know, mm-hmm. like they're calling the block. So like I I I don't as much as I don't like it. Like you have to call the game. You have to call what happens in front of you. And if if Demetrius Trice is going to throw his body into a guy and flop. And then DJ Carton loses his feet. That's a foul. You have to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but did it happen before the buzzer sounded? Became the question coming out of this game, Tate. The mm-hmm. the the because for those who missed it, by the way, I'll, I'll I'll go through the rest of the thing. DJ Carton then makes his first free throw right to tie the game. Misses the second. Um, uh, who who got the ju- was it Justin Lewis got the Justin tip in? Lewis yeah. yeah Justin yep. Lewis got the tip in uh, at the buzzer for Marquette on the second missed free throw Marquette wins by two, uh, but then the sluice of the internet started pointing out that the clock stopped the mar it was at Marquette and this is why it's interesting this is mm-hmm. why I wanted to start with this one because we mm-hmm. again we love mysteries on the show uh, the game is being played at Marquette the Marquette timer seemed to have stopped the clock before the whistle was blown on the the DJ Carton drive to the basket. And the reason that's important is because there was 0.9 seconds left and you start mapping it out. And maybe the foul happens after the buzzer Wisconsin should have won what happened here. But then you get other people that are saying what we saw was just the clock on the broadcast, which wasn't in perfect sync with the clock in the arena. Mm -hmm. The clock in the arena actually stopped at the right moment. A lot of mystery around this Tate. How do you see it? What 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 is what what is, what is your vibe coming out of this? Explain it to the people. Yeah, the vibe is pretty simple. Wojo learned from the best, and uh, what you see on TV is not what actually is reality. You know, nine times out of ten, especially when you're in Cameron Indoor, and the clock is always going to be on their side. And Wojo is a wizard and he learned from the best and i'm not saying that there was any chicanery that happened here i'm just saying that wojo knows how to play the game and (laughs) and i wouldn't put it past him uh i think the best thing that happened in this game is that uh i I don't know ball don't lie is probably the simplest way to put it because Mm -hmm. i i did think Mm -hmm. was you know i thought wisconsin was going to lose this game I think when Trice hit the shot, I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. And then, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, oh, wow, that's interesting. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Oh, that's uh, and then DJ that's, that's Carton said, is that what you said when Matt Coleman hit the shot against Carolina, too? Oh, no. Going, I, oh, I, wow. I said, interesting. I said, I said, oh, yep, knew that was going to happen. I should not have deleted the tweet that said it would. Uh, that was the first thought there. But regardless, uh, DJ Carton has a Kihei Clark situation going on with his hair a little bit there, where I'm like, who is this guy? What what happened to the DJ card that I remember at Ohio State? But then he makes the first free throw, ties the game, and when he misses the second free throw, there was like a, a freeze, like a like a like a frozen moment in time. You saw it all happening before it even yeah. happened, and the tip goes in. Marquette gets to celebrate. I, I was excited for Marquette more than anything. Yes, you can point to the clock. Yes, you can point to all these other things. And I'll tell you this: Wojo knows. Uh, he's probably the only one that knows. And we can work it back a million different ways, but they tipped it in. Ball don't lie. Congratulations to the Golden Eagles. As an Ohio State alum, uh, watching the last free throw was uh, uh, interesting. To, to borrow your word, it was interesting. Uh, <laughs> because DJ Carton is an Ohio State we just, I just figured us sitting there, like, scratching our... our I, I just, interesting. <laughs> I just, I just picture you like watching like Austin River Springs, Zeller's face, and you're just going, hmm, 
Well, that's certainly interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I just What's, sat down. I just what sat is down transpiring before me is interesting. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh, but DJ Carton is an Ohio State transfer, as you said. Yep. He misses the free throw. And then Micah Potter mm. misses the box out that ultimately leads to the uh, the Justin Lewis tip-in. And Micah Potter was beside himself. He was like, he thought he got fouled. He thought like, he thought there was some chicanery going on. He thought maybe he left early. Like he had the look on his face, like, how can this Sir, be chicanery? Yeah. <laughs> chicanery. <laughs> he really did just like he, he just looked at the ref like that is not what I had intended to happen. So how could this have happened, sir? I don't understand. <laughs> sir, can I get a mulligan? Can I get a and, uh, yeah, as as an Ohio State guy, like it was it was interesting just watching uh yeah, Carton missed the free throw. I, you know, I don't I don't I'm not cheering against either one of those guys, but it was just like funny how the Ohio State transfers had. I'm I'm actually cheering for both of them. I really like DJ and Micah. I almost picked Micah as my good guy of the week because uh he is a good guy. He's a great dude. Yeah. I'm pulling for him. Yeah. That's tough to 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 miss a blockout like that for the for the win. But uh uh to, more to the point, the clock mystery, I love it. It brought out one of my favorite parts of college basketball Twitter, which is college basketball screenshot Twitter. Yeah. Uh, anytime we start getting screenshots from both sides of the fan, this is you talk about like, huh, that's interesting. I think this is going to be my new shtick is like anytime screenshot Twitter makes an uh, appearance, I'm just going to retweet the screenshots and just go, interesting. interesting. Really interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. Because you had Wisconsin fans that are like, watch watch the clock. Watch the clock. See, it stops. It stops right there. And then just <laughs> – right there it stops and then i'm just gonna say hmm interesting and then marquette fans were like now hang on a second if you see earlier in the game there was it was out of sync the broadcast clock and the arena clock and then i'll just retweet that and say interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> i want to get the officials report after the fact and just say hmm interesting. interesting and uh and that's all it is you just leave it there and everyone's but, like well, what is so interesting i just love screenshot the screenshot thing because it's uh it could tell any story you wanted to tell you know and and the the, the the high the highest high of screenshot Twitter was Grayson Allen tripping people and people were like trying to screenshot it with his eyes where were his eyes looking yeah, at yeah, where his foot out <laughs> is it a basketball move <laughs> yeah. here's the screenshot yeah I, I I love it I love it so much so shout out to Marquette Wisconsin delivering us screenshots and mystery and intrigue and and various other things. Very, very interesting. We'll say that. <laughs> what, else, what else is interesting to you? Uh, interesting to me is uh, SMU Dayton. I think mm -hmm. uh, we have not talked about Dayton much. Obviously, we are frequent flyers. You know, we we rode Obi Toppin to the top of college basketball last year. This year, Dayton, uh, they were on a 21-game winning streak, I believe. Uh, and then, Longest in the country, right? Yeah, longest in the country. And then SMU. I got a text from our buddy uh, that, that took us around, Sean, before the game. And he sent me the officials for the game. It was Teddy Valentine. It was Jamie Lucky. And I can't remember the third one, but it just Jamie Lucky and Teddy. Carl Hess. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it <laughs> might have been. But he sent me that before the game and said, this is going to be a long one. Uh, and that was enough to get me to watch some of this game because I'm like, I just want to see these guys in action. TV yeah, you want to see Teddy V. Yeah, he's the star of the show. Yeah, He's honestly yeah. been the star of college basketball this season. And this is uh, in the same vein. They win this game 66-64. Uh, it, it was a it was a wild the buzzer, game. right? Yeah, at the buzzer. Yeah, at the exactly. buzzer. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Teddy, TV Teddy was uh, you know having the best day ever, and Jamie Lucky as well. So I just want to say shout out to SMU. They're undefeated. They're a little under the radar right now. Dayton, mm. I think they're still a tournament team. So you know, no shade to Dayton, but uh, shout out to SMU. Yeah, Dayton will be good, but yeah, it's uh, the, the, but it's Dayton's second game, right? Yep. They yep. didn't open with a loss. Yeah. No. That would be brutal if that was their first game. Yeah, yeah. After last season, you're like, that's all right. We got a lot of guys back. We lost Obi, but we're good. We're going to be okay. We're fine. And we lose at the buzzer to start this season. Shit. 
and it's gone. <laughs> uh, what about Kansas? So Kansas plays Creighton today. Yep. Uh, most people listening to the pod, probably the game's already happened, but uh, the Kansas storyline that we have going into this Creighton game, I saw Kansas is favored by like four points or something, which I found a little surprising. I know it's at Kansas, but there's not going to be fans, right? Maybe no there will fans. be fans. I don't yeah, know. No fans. No fans. Can't be I mean, fans. It's certainly not going to be the Allen Fieldhouse atmosphere. So, like, you can kind of throw that out the window. I mean, is, is Kansas really a better team than Creighton? I don't know. We'll find out, I guess, today. But uh, Kansas struggled against North Dakota State. Uh, Kansas has been struggling this season in a lot of ways. And uh, it, it's they, – they beat Kentucky, and thank God they did. Because if, if Kansas had lost to Kentucky, and then Kentucky turned around and lost by 17 to Georgia Tech mm. – Boy, this guy would this guy would really be falling in Lawrence. But uh, I have my eye on the Kansas Jayhawks. They they were the team going into the season of all the the four big blue bloods, Kentucky, Carolina, Duke, and Kansas. I thought Kansas was the best. Uh, they, they were the they they just seem like like they don't have the top tier talent. Obviously, that, that that's going to be a talking point for Kansas all season. Is they did they they probably don't have any first rounders. Almost certainly don't have any first rounders on this team. Hmm. Um. But I just figured, you know, they, they always play great defense. They always find a way. Like, they're not going to have Azubuke erasing every shot in the lane like yep. they have had. But, you know, McCormick's good enough. And and Garrett's the best perimeter defender in the country. And I figured they would play lockdown D, get enough offense just from, like, dumping it into the post or, I don't know, finding – just being bigger and more athletic than guys. And they, they would eke out some wins. And I guess that's what they did against North Dakota State. Anyway, the point is, Tate, Kansas is not playing good basketball right now. So this today is going to be a big uh, – a big data point against Creighton because I think Creighton is very, very good. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to see what happens today. Yeah. Creighton's got a lot more guys than Zigarowski. I mean, they've had, I think, eight players scoring double figures already this season on their team. So it's not just one guy. It's not a one-man show. This is only the second game in Creighton history where both teams are in the top ten. Um, and that, to me, gives a little bit of a of an advantage to Kansas because they have obviously played in these games. Bill Self has obviously played in these games. Creighton is trying to, uh, you know, punch their ticket, right, into yeah. – Capital Blue Blood status for this season. They are a top 10 team, like I said. They have not made the Sweet 16 since 1974. This is a long time coming for the McDermott, you know, basketball family. This is what they want to do. They mm-hmm. want to reach the mountaintop, and this is a statement game. And I think if this was Allen Fieldhouse with fans and they're rocking and going crazy and it's Rock Talk Jayhawk, Jayhawk season, then uh, I probably am all in on Kansas. And I think yeah. this is going to be, you know, a big win for them. But, uh, I don't know. Without fans there, Creighton is the better team on paper. And I think Creighton's team. the better team, yeah. yeah but... The better team overall, but I could see just being an Allen Fieldhouse that, but you know, just playing in a big game that they maybe not show up, but I don't know. I, uh, I, I, it's hard to pick against Kansas at home, but this year, does home court even matter? So I, I don't just know. Say, just say, we, we both think Creighton's the better team, but yeah, yeah. we also both. We're, we're not, not going to be surprised. Yeah, we're not if that Kansas, stupid if Kansas Yeah, beats. yeah, if yeah, Kansas yeah. wins. So <laughs> what, what you say is, Creighton is definitely going to win. And then when they yeah. don't, just say interesting. <laughs> interesting. Huh. It's pretty huh. interesting. Uh, the, the only other thing I wanted to point out was Richmond yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It was Sunday. No, it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Man, losing track of time. Yeah. Uh, it was yesterday. Richmond beat Wofford. Uh, mm-hmm. A pretty good game. They, the, the Richmond Spiders uh, who who caught everyone's attention. We, we were high on Richmond in our previews. We said they bring a lot of guys back, and then we, we even named those guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people, people were going crazy. They were like, wait yeah, a second, damn. these guys are back? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. They bring guys back. Uh, they beat Kentucky. They jumped on everyone's radar. They are now ranked the Richmond Spiders. Uh, had a close one against Wofford. Probably should have beat Wofford by more than they did. But uh, mm. I, I wanted to, to, to draw – to everyone's attention that Richmond on Sunday will be playing at West Virginia. So uh, 
the Richmond Spiders, if they've been on your, if they're on your radar a little bit and you're not sure when, when you should pay attention to them again, Sunday they play at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Tune in. That'll be awesome. Yeah, famously the second best team in Virginia. Uh, famously, you know, they, they, they've got people and uh, they got the media people behind them, it feels like, this year because they beat Kentucky. And now the only bad thing about Richmond, right, having that Kentucky win, the more that, you know, Kentucky goes around losing to other teams, it kind of hurts. Uh, that right. is a rest day building right. win. Um, that's the only bad news for those guys. But Mooney's got the clear face mask that we love. Uh, you know, talk about a brand makeover. That's really good to see. Uh, for Richmond basketball, and it's a great rivalry. VCU's had some good games uh, so far this year, too. So that Yeah, all- Mooney, Mooney is another guy who uh, – was he on the hot seat, not on the hot seat? Mm-hmm. He was He was on the pre-hot seat. He was on he the was, warm seat. He was on he the was seat. On that, the hot take hot seat. Like if you if you yeah, hot take right, hot. yeah if you don't want to be one of the regular guys to say you know Jim Christian you were like and also watch out for Mooney at Richmond. Mooney, yeah. Been there for a long time. Hasn't quite delivered the goods. And then meanwhile he's beating Kentucky. There and, needs to be a seat where like like the hot seat is like the whole fan base hates you and wants you gone. Like get mm-hmm. this guy out of here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there has to be a seat the the indifferent seat or something mm-hmm. where like Chris Mooney. It's not like a, a a state of emergency. We have to get this man out of our basketball program. Yeah. But if, if Chris Mooney was fired over the summer, it's, it's how many is Richmond it time? fans would have, is it yeah, time? Is it time? Yeah. It's time. The, it's time seat. Yeah. If, if Chris Mooney's fired, how many Richmond fans were, are going to be up in arms about it? No, they're just like, Oh, they'd be like, Oh, oh shoot. Dang. <laughs> no, please don't go. Uh, so now he's, he's, he's so, so far coaching pretty well, or the team's good, whatever you want to say mm. it. Uh, Richmond is, uh, in a good position here. So, I'm excited to see them uh, Sunday against West Virginia. Yeah, All right, let's. Uh, no, yeah, no, I was going to say one thing on West Virginia. I watched the Georgetown West Virginia game, and Georgetown could have won that game. Georgetown was actually impressing me early in that game, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm a little. I know we were all in on West Virginia at the start of the year. They're still finding themselves a little bit, but one, I was impressed with Georgetown, and two, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Richmond kind of shocks the world. And well, gets what I'm what I'm seeing in college basketball as a whole is parody. I, I, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> honestly. The 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 hundredth best team in the country is barely worse than like the twelfth best team. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what the cutoff is, but there's gonna be a very obvious cutoff. Just give it like another month, and I feel like the cream's gonna rise, and then every other team is just gonna be thrown into the mix, and and anything can happen territory because uh, th- there's always been parity in college basketball, especially in recent years, but but with with the coronavirus situation and games getting canceled, and you have no mm-hmm. idea how much teams are practicing and. Uh, Josh Pastner's no five on five practice. Maybe that was the thing with Georgia Tech is like they just didn't have any five on five practice, so they weren't good out of the gate. Mm. And then now they have a couple games. Like the game, the first two games they played were their first five on five action, and that's all they needed. And now Georgia Tech's going to be good the rest of the way, and that's why they beat Kentucky. I don't know. Mm. Who knows? Mm. All all I'll say is it's interesting. It's interesting. (laughs) We'll just leave it at that. We'll leave it at Uh, that. All right, we're gonna take a break. Come back and uh, go through these Big Ten ACC challenge games. Make some picks. Have a little fun with that right after this. Quick break to talk about our friends at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Of course you do. What other options are there? And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It is a good thing too because you already have so much to do around your home. You don't have to worry about this. Go to geico.com, get a quote, see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today geico.com also got to talk about our buddies at good life clothing good life makes high quality essentials for modern living like perfect fitting t-shirts and sweats with comfort and versatility at the core what's the term for uh, uh leisure wear is that what we call it tate like lounge like when you're uh th- this is a great time for good life i'll say this like th- th- these 
this times of working from home, of hanging out on your couch, all that kind of stuff. That's what good life, chef's kiss, buy your sweats, sit on the couch, watch sports, watch college, but watch the ACC Big Ten Challenge as you're uh, lounging around in your good life. Good life believes that the quality and fit of their essentials is unmatched. There's always free returns and always free shipping on orders, $75 or more. Good life is America's perfect t-shirt. Go to goodlifeclothing.com to take 20% off your entire order. That's goodlifeclothing.com. Take 20% off your entire order with promo code Titus at checkout. Goodlifeclothing.com. Promo code Titus. Get your get your leisure wear right, man. You gotta, you gotta, it's not enough to just uh lounge around. You gotta, you gotta get super comfortable and uh make this happen. Good life clothing. All right, Tay, before we get to shout outs and closeouts, uh Big Ten ACC challenge is happening tonight. And tomorrow night, uh, two games have already been postponed, not canceled. They said they're gonna they're gonna find a way to play them. North Carolina State was supposed to be at Michigan. Louisville was supposed to be at Wisconsin. Um, mm-hmm. Those are no no longer happening. I think I think Wisconsin Wisconsin picked up Rhode Island. They're playing. Yeah, they are tonight yep. or tomorrow. Yep, yep, tomorrow. And then, was it NC State that picked up some? I don't know. The, the it's it, it's hard to keep. As, as John Rostin says, it's a goat rodeo out there. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows. We just nobody know. That, yeah, they'll tell uh, us when they play, and we'll try to watch. Point is, uh, Kansas and Creighton are playing, but other than that, the the offerings on the college basketball slate that mm-hmm. that have our attention is the Big Ten ACC Challenge. I'm a Big Ten guy. You are an ACC guy. We love mm-hmm. this event for that reason because we love to uh, take whoever wins and pretend like they are actually the best team, the best conference in America, when ultimately it doesn't really work that way, but we make it work that way. So um, let's go through and pick the games. This was, this was the idea I had was – to do a confidence is that what you call it a confidence ranking a confidence pick thing like like you do with with like NFL pick 'em games or or college football bowl season mm-hmm. there are 12 games on the slate now that now that two have fallen off um we are going to rank these we're going to assign our point values 1 to 12 and how confident we are. So make your yeah. pick. Tell us well, how confident. Twelve is most confident. One is least confident. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's yeah. the official way to do this. Yes. Perfect. And then we'll uh, we'll see who wins. We'll see uh, when the dust settles who's smarter. You're right. Okay. All right. We'll do perfect. It that way. Uh, so the first game in the challenge is at five Eastern today. It is Purdue at Miami. How do you mm-hmm. see it? I see this pretty simply, and uh, I am riding Purdue. Uh, Miami's only played one game, uh, they, you know, against North Florida. I don't think they have the experience. Isaiah Wong had uh, 20 points in that game. Chris Likes is back, one of my favorite players in all of basketball, but I'm still going to ride with Purdue. And my confidence level for the Purdue Bowler Makers is going to be five. Uh, okay. lock, lock me in in a five there. Pretty simple, pretty easy, pretty smooth. Love Larinaga. Um, love Zach Eady though, uh, too much. Uh, he's shooting 82% from the field, the seven foot four guy we talked about at the start of the season. So right, right in the big man, right in Purdue, uh, taking five there confidence, confidence in, uh, the Purdue bowling makers. I'm also taking Purdue, but this is a make shots game for me. And, uh, I, I could see Purdue Purdue. It, if they're hitting threes, they look awesome. If they're not, they look garbage. Uh, mm-hmm. Clemson already kind of handed it to them earlier this year. So I'm not super confident because, I could see Purdue just going cold, and then I look like a moron for picking Purdue. So I, I picked Purdue, but I only did two points. It's one of my least confident picks, okay. especially just Purdue. It's just you see Purdue, and you're like, how confident can you really be in Purdue? I mean, is that is that like where you want to find yourself, is saying the words, I'm very confident in Purdue basketball? No. No, probably not, but especially with Coach Titus listening, I won't say that. But I do yeah. love Zach Eady. I, I don't know why I'm all in, but uh, he's seven foot four and he just kind of endeared himself to America. And I feel like this is the time when the ACC fans will see him and fall in love with him. So yeah. five, five points for me. All right. Uh, 
Next game is at 7 Eastern tonight. Boston College at Minnesota. Mm, mm. Yeah, people forget that Boston College almost beat Villanova. Um, that was, you know, I think they led by 11 points or maybe nine points with about, you know, 15, 14 minutes left to go in the second half and everyone was freaking out. So Boston College gave me a little bit of hope, you know, where I'm like, I you know I don't mind this team. that They have some talent, but I'm going to take Minnesota. Uh, I'm not very confident in Minnesota, so I'm going to go two here. Wow. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to take Minnesota over Boston College, but nothing this is, nothing crazy. Nothing this, crazy. This just illustrates how wild these games are in the sense of how great the matchups are. And, and it shouldn't be this close. Like it should, it, I, I thought when, because I didn't really pay that much attention until I, I started going through the picks. Um, I figured there'd be like four or five games that are just no brainers, whatever. Not really. They're, they're, they're all pretty great matchups. Kudos to the, the, whoever creates these matchups. They know what they're doing. I like to think it's Jim Delaney, and he's just sitting there every single year, and he's like, and these guys play these guys, uh, and it's a a beautiful thing. Yeah. uh, I actually, I like Minnesota. I, this is the most confident I am. I I gave it 12 points. It's not that I'm confident in Minnesota, it's that I'm not confident in Boston College. I think Boston College blew their wad against Villanova. That was their moment. That was their, that was the, the, if they beat Villanova, they hang their hat on that, and they say, we, we might have something with this season, and they use that as momentum. They did not. Using using a close loss as momentum is not a good place to be. Um, and and ultimately, I think this is a uh, Rick Pitino calls his son and gives him a pep talk and says, "Son, I want this Boston College job. You have to kill these guys." Mm-hmm. And then and then little Dicky passes the word down to Marcus Carr, and the Marcus Carr is going to he's going to look at Boston College and think it's Ohio State, and he's going to ball out of his mind. And, yeah, I, I was going to say Marcus Carr is the X factor in, in the entire Big Ten Challenge, ACC Big yeah. Ten Challenge. I think that he has a chance to make a name for himself. He's already getting buzzed for National Player of the Year for all the haters out there that want to see you cry. <laughs> no, he's not. He is not. If Marcus Carr, I swear no, to God, if Marcus Carr haters, was National Player the, the, of the Year. The Titus haters are no. saying the National Player of the Year. They want the buzz no. to go. Uh, no. Marcus if, Carr, if Marcus Carr wins <laughs> any trophy of any kind, I uh, yes, I quit. I don't know what I quit, but I'm out. That's, I hate that guy. You don't want to see this. You don't like to see this. Marcus. Uh all right, North Carolina at Iowa is 7.30 tonight, 7.30 mm. Eastern. Uh, your thoughts? This is uh, the Iowa fans that have been reaching out to me. They they say this is going to be the big test for Luca Garza because if you look at the front line of North Carolina, you got Dayron Sharp, who comes off the bench, six man. I think he's going to be, uh, you know, some energy. He's got great hands. He He is like... Moses Malone light, I would say that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump to conclusions, but this guy has the hands that I love to see. Um Garrison Brooks, Armando Baycott, Walker Kessler, they can throw bodies at Luca Garza. Um, but I will say, after saying all that, that Iowa has always had a number for North Carolina ever mm-hmm. since, you know, dating back to the eighties. I remember I think was- Mike Gazelle dumped dunked in the Dean Dome. I'll never yeah. forget seeing that. That was yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, I think that they were, I, I mean, someone's going to have to fact check this, but I'm pretty sure Iowa was the first non-conference team to win in the, in the Dean Dome. Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, actually, don't fact check it. I'll say it. Uh, 100% <laughs> sure that that is true. Um, so Iowa's always had their number. This is, at, you know, obviously at Iowa. Um, mm-hmm. Luca Garza's big national game to let people know that he is. Ken Palm has a number two right now for national player of the year. I think he should be number one. I, I think yeah. he's been great. The, the best you can be for a big man. Uh, I'm going to go 10 uh confidence level iowa will win this game over wow uh i i don't like to do this to my tar heels i hope that they show up um they have a chance after losing to texas to maybe get a bounce back game but this is a tough draw at iowa at you know against well, the uh, but confident in iowa hawkeyes to get a, the signature win this year carolina so i also picked iowa i i gave it a five point 
Oh, wow. Five point pick. Right. I, I have more faith in Carolina only because you guys have like 37 footers or yeah, six, we, we or have the body. You just throw them a Luca Garza one after another, and you can just hack them and, and rough them up. And maybe that'll be the strategy. I don't know. Roy doesn't really do Bush League stuff like that, though. I wish he did. I wish he was. I wish he would just have some goons. I wish John Cheney was on, was a was a Roy Williams assistant. Was just like throwing Walker Kessler out there to be a goon. If, if, like, you see, <laughs> no, if you see Walker Miller get into the game, Wes Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's another six eleven guy on the team. He's really going to try to get Luka Garza. Yeah, we've entered goon territory. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be happy about that. Uh, I, I want it to be a good game. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll be a good game. I got Iowa at five points though. It's middle of the road. Like I think okay. Iowa's going to win, but I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not betting the house on it. Okay. Uh, the next game at the exact same time, not the next game. They'll be playing at the exact same time. So America has to choose which game you want to watch. Both of our teams will be playing at the same time. I didn't realize this until I see it in print right in front of me. Uh, At 7.30, also, Ohio State will be at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the the Dane Goodwin Bowl, we'll call it. Dane Goodwin, uh, Notre Dame basketball player, transferred from Ohio State, was a dad moderate recruit, didn't want to play for Chris Holtman. Um, I wonder if that's going to come up. I wonder if during the pregame warm-ups, Chris Holtman's going to be like, hey, you dumb bitch, why didn't you want to play for me? (laughs) Uh, I like Ohio State. I, oh. I, I, I like Ohio State, not because I went there, but just Notre Dame is we, – we've talked about this before, that Notre Dame is kind of in a weird territory with the program right now. And I think I think Mike Bray has a sight set on Maui. In fact, next year – in fact, if Mike Bray came out and announced that he's retiring after the Maui invitation <laughs> in 2021, I would not be surprised. Uh, this it's is great news for ESPN. I, I, mean, I mean, like yeah. to have Mike Bray come onto that set and take over and like, you know, kind of do what Digger did, but just be more fun loving for everybody in America. That's the best play for Mike Bray at this point. But Bray yeah. is hundred percent when he retires, he's going to, he's going to do broadcasting and he is going to be a Maui correspondent and uh, it's going to be awesome. But uh, my confidence. So I, I say that, uh, my confidence is at nine points, but my it is not so much that I'm saying Ohio State is awesome. It's more of just like I, I don't know. I don't I don't trust Notre Dame. Mm. I just don't trust Notre Dame. So Ohio State nine points is my pick. Yeah, I will say uh, in this game, I wanted to ride Notre Dame. They've only played one game. Uh, Ohio State has won three games. Uh, they've won all three of those games by double digits. Uh, they look really good. I like suing. Um, the mm-hmm. Cal transfer. I, I was telling you the other day, I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but he's probably my favorite player on the team. Um, I have a belief in Coach Holtman, especially at the start of the year. So I'm going to go Ohio State and I'm going to go shockingly 11 confidence. Ooh. Uh, so like Ohio State guys win this. All right. Game. All right. I like that. That's. Mm-hmm. That's that's a bad omen though that we're both very confident. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't love how confident we both are. Uh, all right, the next game is Penn State at Virginia Tech. Uh, yep. I'll make it quick. Virginia Tech, eleven points. I, I now that I'm thinking about it, it should be the most confident I am. I I think this is the big. This is probably on paper the biggest mismatch in the entire challenge, right? Yep, absolutely. And uh, Virginia Tech for me is the best team in Virginia. I want to reiterate that again. <laughs> team in Virginia, number 15 in the country, big win over Villanova. Uh, give me the Hokies all day, confidence meter at 12. Mr. November, Mike Young, I'm riding all the way. Uh, shout nice. out to the Hokies to get a win over Penn State. Uh, tonight, the, uh, the marquee primetime, biggest game of the challenge, circle it, all that kind of stuff that everyone's excited about. Illinois at Duke. Uh, two teams that lost last week that are desperate for wins. Uh, they, they, they lost marquee games. Illinois lost to Baylor. Duke lost at home uh, to Michigan State. So both of these teams are, are looking for a statement to say, we belong in the upper echelon. We belong in the top tier if we're doing tier talk. Uh, what, what, who do you pick? How, how confident are you? 
I will say Illinois turns the ball over too much. They, they give me a, a little bit of pause when I look at this team. I thought that, I mean, it's crazy when you think about this, that it's a top 10 matchup because both these teams right now, I mean, Illinois is obviously a top 10 team in my mind. Duke is not, but they are playing a top 10 game. I can see Duke making uh, some three-point shots in this game. I think they're shooting 28% so far as a team that has to improve at some point. Uh, with Coach K's driving kick reliance, they have to start making shots eventually, Titus. I don't know if the cardboard cutouts, yeah. uh, the, the K cutouts, the crazies, whatever you want to call them. Cardboard crazies. Yeah, whatever you want to call them. I don't think they're going to help, uh, but Coach K is going to figure out something. Maybe he does the Wojo clock thing that we that we saw mm -hmm. to make this work. I'm going to go a, a confidence rating in nine. Um, and I was gonna th I was gonna say six for Illinois, but I, but for some reason in my head, I'm gonna go confidence rating nine uh, for the fight in the line eye. Uh, wow, very yeah. confident. Yeah, I I am I, I am confident that Illinois is the better team, but I I I'm doing the uh, close your eyes and picture it test. I can't see it winning in Cameron, but I also I, can't see Michigan State winning in Cameron. So Stephen F. Austin won in Cameron. Forget. <laughs> yeah. I know, but I just can't. I can't bring myself to see yeah. like an Illinois basketball team celebrating on I, on I, Coach I, K court. It I just doesn't. Graphic, you know, the first time the two top ten teams have come into Cameron and won in back to back games. True. You know? I can't see the graphic. I can see. Yeah. I, can I can see the graphic. I can't see the reality of it. I can see the graphic. I can't see Brad Underwood putting his <laughs> fist in the air like we did it, and like his assistants yeah. hugging him and all yeah. that, and then he's saying toodles to to Coach K as they're going to. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> I can't see it. Having said that, I think Illinois is a better team. So I, I'm going to pick Illinois, but I'm only giving them one point. This is the one. This is the pick I'm least confident in for that for the just the picture it test, just the close your eyes and picture it test. Yeah. Doesn't pass it, but I think Illinois is better. So I'm picking Illinois for one okay. point. I'm riding uh, Illinois, so let's go. Finally, the last game. Uh, oh, again, it's going to be played at the same time as Illinois, but the the last one we're picking for tonight is Syracuse at Rutgers basketball. Mm. Uh, Nine thirty. Also. Um, your thoughts? It's simple as this. I think that New York basketball is Jim Beheim's playground. I think it is Syracuse. Uh, I think it's their world. I think we're all living in that world. And I think that New York owns New Jersey. And I think regardless of the rankings, I think regardless of the fact that it says number 21 next to Rutgers basketball, Buddy Beheim, Jim Beheim, the Syracuse Orange, they're not playing around. They're going to win this game. My confidence is at one. As I say all this, but I'm taking the Syracuse Orange uh, to win the last game of uh, tomorrow night or tonight, actually. Jesus, we're, we're already Tuesday. Last game of the night, uh, Syracuse over Rutgers. Buddy Beheim doesn't let it happen. New York reigns supreme, uh, and they get the win. But my confidence level again is at one. No, Rutgers is too dialed in. Rutgers, <laughs> Rutgers is one of those teams that was screwed by not having a tournament last year. That they are a hashtag unfinished business team. Um, whereas Jim Beheim is complaining that games are actually taking place at halftime. <laughs> he's losing at halftime and he's saying, "Why are we playing this game?" Yeah, it's like, Which what's is, going on here? That we, we kind of glossed over that, by the way. That, he had a chance to be a good guy of the week. That was my, that, that was is my an all-time Beheim moment that got glossed over. Is Beheim is losing at halftime, or he was losing, right? He was down seven at halftime to Bryant. And he said, why are we playing this game? We should not be playing this game. <laughs> worked out perfectly. That's where Bayheim's mind's at. Uh, I like Rutgers, especially Rutgers is at home. They're at the rack. I know they don't have fans, but they never have fans. So it works out perfectly. It's going to be perfect for them. Uh, Rutgers is is on a mission this, this season. I have it at seven points. Rutgers mm. winning. I, I'm mm. confident that Rutgers is going to get it done. Uh, moving on to Wednesday. First game of the day is going to be Maryland at Clemson at 5 Eastern tomorrow. Uh, your thoughts on that one? 
Yeah, so Maryland is one of those teams that, uh, you know, we always joke about. We make fun of Mark Turgeon. Uh, we always talk about Brad Burnell, uh, you know, and talking about him being on the hot seat. This game is at Clemson. I like the idea of, of Clemson being able to get a nice win for the ACC, but something deep down inside of me. You talked about the, uh, the do I see it in my mind test. I don't really see it. Uh, man, I'm going to say it. Maryland, lock me in, um, but it's only at a confidence level of three. Uh, I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to take uh, the Terrapins down there uh, at Clemson mm. at three. This is a uh, this is a uh, game I am not going to watch a second of. I don't think. I'm <laughs> being honest. Although it's the only one on at the time, so maybe I will. Maybe I'll throw it on. Why not? Maryland should be 44 percent as a team uh, for three point line. So there's a chance that Maryland can make some shots. I am overvaluing Clemson's win against Purdue. Uh, I I watched a little bit of, of that game. I I I was higher on Purdue than I wanted to be coming into the season, and Clemson had their way with them. Mm. And uh, for that reason, I'm taking Clemson. And I, I'm taking Clemson for eight points. Mm. And if you ask me to defend it, if you ask me to, if I actually believe that I should take Clemson for eight points, I don't. But I also am not going to take Maryland. This is just a, this is a classic stay away game, Tate. If I'm mm. on uh, against all odds with cousin Sal, I'm saying stay away. Stay I'm away. Saying, saying this is a classic or extra points. He's on the extra points podcast. Right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's still against all odds. He's got it on the extra points. Oh podcast. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's all <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep up with it. It's hard enough to keep up with what we're calling our podcast. It's hard to keep up with what everyone else is calling it. Name change coming soon, 2021. Uh, yeah, don't, don't, I, this is a classic stay away game for me, but uh, I'm taking Clemson for eight points just because I'm a moron. And now that I'm looking at it, this is very stupid. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to, it, it speaks more to like how close all these games are, is that, that I couldn't, I was ranking them and I, was, I, I don't actually believe in that. I, the only ones I believe in are, Really, nine, ten, eleven. My nine, ten, eleven, and twelve picks. Mm. Mm. But then once you get to the bottom eight, I'm like, God damn, I, I could go. I don't know. Uh, all right, Indiana at Florida State. Ooh, Indiana at Florida State. I kind of riding uh, Indiana a little bit this year. I liked what we saw at the Maui Invitational. I like Trace. I like Trace Jackson Davis. I like the fact that they have an identity when they decide to just throw him the ball and say, Hey, Trace, just be our offense. But I don't like the fact that they have to go to Florida State. I don't. Yeah. I don't like the fact that MJ Walker. Uh, is a senior and, you know, has been able to kind of lead this younger group with Scotty Barnes and some of those younger guys uh, with this team. So I'm going to go Florida State. I'm going to go confidence level eight. Um, I do like Indiana, like I said. I think that they're going to have a good year in the Big Ten, but not tonight yeah. uh, or not tomorrow night when they go to they go down to Tallahassee. So Florida State at eight. This is a revenge game. Uh, Indiana beat Florida State last year in the challenge. Um, Florida State was the ACC champion last year. Mm. So uh, I, I see Florida State punk, like kind of doing what Texas did to Indiana, punking the guards. Mm-hmm. It's it's at Florida State, like you said, which again the fans don't matter, but it still matters. Like a road game still matters because there's one team that has to get on a plane, stay in a hotel, be a little uncomfortable, and the other team doesn't, and that still matters a little bit. Um, so even if there's not a full house, it's still a little bit. So I'm taking Florida State as well. Also the eye test as we keep saying or the the, the picture it test. Like I just don't yeah, I see it in my head. I can't I can't see it in my head that Indiana goes to Florida State and beats Florida State in back-to-back years in this thing. I just I I can't see it. So I'm taking Florida State, uh but I also like Indiana. I've made that clear on this program early in the season. So I'm only I'm only giving this one 3 points, but I like Florida State for 3 points. Okay. So. Florida State for 3 points. Yeah. Very uh next on the list, uh 7:15 tomorrow playing at the same time as Indiana Florida State is Georgia Tech at Nebraska. I'll make it quick. I'll go first. I like Georgia Tech cuz I'm overvaluing the Kentucky win and Nebraska is not good and uh I know it's at Nebraska but 
Georgia Tech has to have some sort of momentum, right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm doing Georgia Tech for ten points. That's my assessment. Oh, yeah, I like Georgia Tech as well. I'm gonna go Georgia Tech for four points. I don't have the confidence, uh, as you said, because I watched Georgia State. I watched the four overtime game. I know who the coach is. It's Josh Pastner. I know he's going to go on the road. And Fred Hoiberg, I would assume, is able to uh, put together a game plan to maybe keep them off the offensive glass. That's what Georgia Tech can do. They can get offensive rebounds. They can go to the free throw line. If you can keep them off the offensive glass, they look abysmal. Um, Maybe Nebraska can do that. So confidence level four, I'm going to take Georgia Tech, but I could see Nebraska you know, and Hoiberg getting a nice quality yeah. win. They're going to try to take a little small baby step this year. <laughs> Georgia Tech's a quality yeah, win. <laughs> that's the baby step, you know what I mean? They beat Georgia Tech at home. They see Big Ten we, Challenge. They go, way to go, we did it. Yeah, raise the banner, Nebraska. We beat the team that beat Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know. You know you know how we do. All right, final two picks. We have the Hauser Bowl and the uh, Coach K Successor Bowl. Uh, we start with the Hauser Bowl at 9.15 on ESPN tomorrow night. Michigan State at Virginia. Um, again, this is a close your eyes and picture game. Virginia, the Virginia Cavaliers do not beat Michigan state. It has never happened. They are zero and 74 all time against the Spartans. Don't fact check that. But at the same time, it's probably true. Uh, I like Michigan state. I like Sam Hauser to be the better Hauser. That's mm. going to be clear. I think after this game, we're going to, we're, we're all, America's all going to say, wow, Sam is so much better than Joey, but Michigan State has more horses than Virginia does, and Michigan State has a better team. And Tony Bennett just can't beat Tom Izzo. That, I think that's going to be the narrative coming out of this one. Yeah, so I, 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 I did six points, by the way. Okay, six points. I, I got seven points. I got Michigan State lucky number seven. JoJo Hauser goes into, as the younger brother, goes into Charlottesville, lets the world know that, hey, I may not get all the stats like my brother Sam. I may not, I may not make the flashy plays like my brother Sam, but I'm here to win. I will, I will average 12 points per game, but I will do the dirty stuff. I will get on the floor. I will play hard defense. I will slap the floor. Uh, I will get the Spartans team going. And uh, I'm all in on Michigan State getting this win. I think if they – winning at Duke and winning at Virginia also, that's going to make a real statement for Big Ten basketball. I know you're going to yeah. love that. So, JoJo Hauser locked me in uh, seven on the confident, uh, on the confidence scale. So, uh, I think they go into struggle. Which, which, which are the games – it, it would be Michigan State, Virginia, and Illinois Duke that if – are those the and then I guess Carolina Iowa, but I, I feel like that's less um, where we really care in terms of like the the state of the conferences, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if Michigan State wins at Virginia and Illinois wins at Duke, it's a Big Ten's year. Yes, exactly. yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter if Carolina beats Iowa at that point; it's the mm-hmm. Big Ten's year. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if the ACC wins the challenge. I think mm-hmm. if if the Big Ten wins those two games, it's our year. Do you think there's any there's any person in the world that if we went to them and they and we said you know can you give us the ACC Big Ten Challenge stats from 2010 to 2020 and they gave us the game like could anyone do that because I do find it funny every single year we all get caught up especially you and I being ACC and Big Ten guys we yeah who's we, we always talk about like who's the better conference and the challenge it means so much but in reality no one's ever like pulled up the I remember the, the ACC yeah. won it like every year for like five yeah yeah five years we, we like and then the there's a tie. Game. We just don't remember like specifically what the games were, but yeah, 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 of course. They always show the score like it's the Ryder Cup or something. You're like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> who's gonna be the first? Yeah. First of fourteen. Who's first the who, who's the who's the team that's gonna hang a banner that says we were part of the if the big if like the Big Ten fourteen ACC Big Ten challenge yeah. If the Big Ten went twelve and zero, Northwestern would hang a banner that said we oh, were part of the twelve and zero. Yeah, we were part of the historic ACC Big Ten Challenge. We beat Pitt and won. <laughs> if, if Nebraska's win over Georgia Tech wins the ACC Big Ten Challenge, they they yeah, we clinched it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the conference. Uh, uh, 
Final final game, Pitt at Northwestern. Jeff Capel, Chris Collins. Um, your thoughts, Dave? I think I'm at four here. That's my last number. Uh, yeah, Pitt at Northwestern. I think this is the good guy of the year bowl. I think nobody nobody leaves here without saying something nice about the other guy. Uh, you know, Capel is going to compliment Chris Collins' program and vice versa. I'm a Miller Cop guy. I uh, I think Northwestern has a real shot at uh, maybe winning some games this year. I don't know. They won their first game 92 to 49 over Pine Bluff. Um, they are third nationally in effective field goal percentage. That's a nice little stat for you. So I'm going to take the Wildcats confidence level at four. Um, I don't know what, I mean, Pitt, Pitt beat, did, did beat Drexel. So, I mean, I guess that's a, uh, something Parentheses, yeah. also Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, same state. Uh, that did happen. Uh, they did lose to St. Francis also in Pennsylvania. That also happened. So I'm going to arrive at Northwestern to Miller cop and, uh, confidence level four. Everything you said, apply it to my thoughts uh or i'm just gonna copy and paste what you said i also have northwestern for four points as well that's the one that i think that's the only pick that we both are the exact same on with points and and winner um i i I don't know i I think ultimately it was the games at northwestern and i'm again i'm too stupid to like really process that there aren't going to be fans at these games and the home court advantage is kind of non-existent but i think it still matters a little bit it still matters somewhat. Yeah. yeah, just being at home, being comfortable. I shooting think in an atmosphere you're used to shooting in, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Miller Cop for 20 points. That's what I'm saying in this game. At least 20 points at least. So there we have it. That's our count. Yeah, tweet that out. Let's uh, keep track. And then uh, if if I'm winning, I'm going to retweet it like crazy. And if I'm losing, I'm going to say this is stupid. I'm going to say this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, man, pretty interesting. Well, interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah. oh. Who would have thought? Oh, the challenge is set. I'm excited. Mm. Uh, let's let's see what happens next. Uh, shout outs, closeouts before we go. Uh, shout out to Force Majeures because uh, as we were recording this program, I got a text from a UCLA friend, um, and in that text there was a picture of Mark Titus, and in that picture there was a jump man, and the jump man was next to an X, and it was next to UCLA. Wait, the what? U- UCLA Bruins are jump man Jordan Brand. They have Force Majeured their way out of Under Armour. They are making new waves. Michael Jordan, he had a manifest destiny to get to California. He got San Diego State. He got Kawhi Leonard. Oh, my God, it is. All he he ever wanted was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and he's done it. Michael Jordan, congratulations. You have the UCLA basketball program. Oh, my God. 11 national championships. Oh, added to the list. The GOAT, you heard it here first. This man has taken over all of branding. L.A. is Mick Cronin City. Yes, and Michael Jordan now owns the Bruins. Who would have thought? Oh my god! Who would have thought, dude? Is UCLA back? Yes, yes. This is unbelievable. I saw that UCLA was playing. Uh, the, the players were wearing a mismatch of of uh, brands. Like some guys were wearing Adidas, some were wearing Under Armour, some were wearing Nike. As they were going through the Force Majeure situation with Under Armour, um, I didn't think I didn't think this was going to happen. I thought they were just going to. I thought it was just going to be like a uh, an arranged marriage situation where they just. Under Armour no. and UCLA both just kind of hate each other. Obviously, you know, Under Armour's gotten some good publicity this year. You know what I mean? Uh, with some different teams, with Steph Curry doing the Curry brand and things like that. But this is Jordan. This is Jumpman. Speaking of shout-outs, I'm going to shout-out UCLA, the student section, cardboard cutouts of yeah. you and I in, yeah. the, in the student section at UCLA. Um, thank you for that. Mm. Yeah, that was cool. I saw that. We, we, we didn't really get featured in the picture. So they, they tweeted out a picture of all the cardboard cutouts. You're taking a picture of Kareem, and we're in the background. And, and some people, the only reason I even saw it was because people were tagging us. They're like, is that Titus yeah. and Tate in the background? Yeah. Sure yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah. So, Thank you, UCLA. I, I I've always had this weird thing. They would they would give us nice shirts, you know, but they'd always be Under Armour or Adidas, you know, and I would say, would love to, but can't. You know yeah. what I mean? 
this is against my brand. And now to think that I can wear Jumpman logos. Ugh, it's going to be great. I'm all It is amazing. Yeah. We got to get to a game. San Diego State's like, wait a second. That was our yeah, deal. That was our thing. We're the West Coast Jordan brand. What about, aren't they playing Marquette like ASAP. Saturday? Yeah, let's when go. When do they play Marquette? They play right. Friday. Are we going? Yeah, I mean, let's go. <laughs> I mean, we're already there. We're The cutouts are there. We'll- let's go. Um, what other shout outs do I have? I uh, uh, I want to shout out Baylor and Gonzaga for for player safety being paramount to these programs. Um, it, you know, a lot of people have been asking me, Mark, are you bitter that you uh, booked wow. a last minute flight to Indianapolis to go see that game and you didn't find out that the game was canceled until you were standing literally right outside the arena getting ready to walk in? And then you look down and check your email and it says a statement from Baylor and Gonzaga. The game's canceled. Go home. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not bitter. And I'm going to tell you why. Because player safety is paramount. It is of the utmost importance to me. And the fact that this game did not happen, I'm actually, I'm not mad at all. I'm actually laughing. I'm actually yeah. happy. This mm-hmm. is a good thing uh, for college basketball, for the health of the sport. Um, and I think player safety won out in the end. And good for all parties involved is mm-hmm. my official statement on the matter. Are the mm-hmm. microphones off? Okay, yeah. the microphones are off. We're not recording. Yep. Oh. God. Oh! <laughs> it was so sad. I, I was texting you to say, let me know what it looks like in there. And then immediately as I'm doing that, I see the tweet. I, it's canceled. I, I sent it to you. You sent me a picture of your car being, you were the only car in front of the arena. I parked. I, I'm going to tap my chest. I think it was my fault this game got canceled because I was flexing on everybody I know. I, I was texting everybody I know, rubbing it in their face. that It was about to be one versus two, and I was going to be the only person in the arena. Whether I was the only person or not, I even drafted a tweet that I was going to take a picture from inside the arena and say, I am the only person in here. If yeah. you if you hear that anyone else is in here, they're lying. If, if, Pat, yes. if Pat Forty tweets something out and says, I'm in the arena, he's lying. I, I am in the arena. Here's a picture to prove it. No one else is in here. I was going to build this narrative that I was the only guy there. I was talking all this smack to my friends. I, I park, I borrow my mom's car. I drive down to the downtown Indy. Uh, it's a one versus two game in downtown Indianapolis. Under normal circumstances, the place would be crawling with people. Even the people of Indy who don't care about either team, they get excited about a good basketball game. They would just be like, like people just go downtown to be a part of the atmosphere. And I parked literally right if, if the president of the united states went to the game he wouldn't have got a, a better parking spot than i got it was right next door right there i checked the sign it says four hour limit for a meter feed the meter five bucks and away we go i was so excited i took a picture i sent it to my parents and i said i bet you've never had a good uh, this good of a parking spot for banker's life i i flew too close to the sun i was bragging so and then i and then i checked my phone because i wanted to see where to pick up the credential whether it was the usual spot or if they had a new spot for the covid protocols and I checked my email, and at the top it says uh, a statement from Baylor and Gonzaga. And I was like, that can't be good. <laughs> we're we're going to change this podcast. The The new name in 2021 will be Icarus. And uh, <laughs> that's the story of every single thing that we have on the show. So I- it's probably my fault for uh, – just throwing up double middle fingers to everybody saying, kiss my ass. I'm, I'm going to have my Michael Wilbon moment where I'm the only one in the arena for this. And sure enough, it didn't happen. But hopefully they get the game played. Hopefully they find a way to play it. Um because, yeah, that's what America needs is those two teams. They are the two best teams in college basketball, and it would have been cool to watch them play each other. Yeah, yeah. Last All right, so, <laughs> look, we need it for March Madness. Just save it for March Madness. Let's get it to March, and then we'll be fine. That's all it is. Uh, anything else? Any other uh, shout-outs? Yeah, just shout-out to Coastal Carolina. I know yeah. uh, Coastal Carolina football, we had Coach Pope, you know, representing BYU football. When that game was set up, I thought that was pretty cool that BYU was down to just travel across the entire country shout so, out to byu for that though yeah, at the same yeah. time like that they were like yeah we'll play. yeah we'll play you guys in conway south carolina wherever that is they said and then they drove down there and said 
what did we agree to? Because uh, the crowd was going crazy. It was the most coastal Carolina thing I've ever seen uh, since being down in, you know, Cherry Grove or Myrtle Beach, wherever, wherever you may be when I was mm-hmm. 17, 18 years old. It was awesome to see on a national stage. I don't know what college football will do with Coastal Carolina. They obviously will not promote them and, and put them in the playoff. That's for yeah. sure. But uh, they need to em- embrace them because these people, they are college football. They have waited for this moment. And boy, it's was kind of the game of the year in college yeah. football. Oh, it was great. Yeah. I mean, it was great. It was a great game. Yeah, I I very much enjoyed that as well. Yeah. Um, I want to shout out. I have two more. One, Luca Garza, you mentioned earlier, previewing yep. tonight's game. I just wanted to shout out Luca Garza. Averaging 34 points, 10 rebounds, three blocks. Ridiculous. One steal. I know they haven't really played anybody yet. I promised Iowa fans that I would, if Luka Garza balls out, I will lead the charge because I felt guilty about last year being an Obi Toppin guy. So yeah. I just want to say, Luka Garza, shout out to you. I see you, you big, beautiful vegan bitch. Mm. Um, you are you are playing excellent basketball. And uh, here's to hoping you play excellent basketball tonight. But, you know, it would be nice if the Tar Heels won. I want you to be happy. It's only fun. Like, it, North Carolina can't lose every game. We have to build them up. We have to like get you thinking, Carol. It's just Carolina's here, no, and so I, I want North Carolina winning tonight. Win tonight, so that way it's like you start believing. I love the young guys. I want five freshmen. Uh, That's all that I have right now with North Carolina basketball. I uh, future. Final shout out. Shout out to the great East Coast city of Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. The sports epicenter this Saturday on Fox. Company man segment as well. Um, at mm-hmm. eight Eastern, your beloved Columbus crew. My beloved Columbus crew, hashtag save the crew, are hosting MLS Cup against the Seattle Sounders. Uh, this is this has been a, a roller coaster. I have not been following the crew as much as I should have been this year. I apologize to all my crew faithful. It's been a weird year. It's my 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 lifestyle has been turned upside down, and it's not been as easy to follow with with just all the nonsense going on. Whatever. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm I am going to be locked in on Saturday. It's been a long time coming. The last time the crew hosted the cup, my brother and I got there like nine hours before kickoff. It was cold as balls. We tailgated all day. We were absolutely wasted like two hours before kickoff. Uh, we were playing the Portland Timbers. We, we sit in uh, Nordeca, which is a, a general admission supporter section. So as soon as the gates open, we ran to our seats. We wanted the best seats in the house. And we started, we snuck in alcohol. We we're slamming it. And like, we're, this is the greatest thing ever. I've been a cruise season ticket holder for however many years. Kickoff happens and the temper score in like the first two minutes. <laughs> And my brother and I look at each other like, what? And then like five minutes after that, they score again to go up 2 nothing. Or no, they scored. Uh, I know you don't care, but I'm, I'm just rehashing. They scored on a back pass to our goalie who misplayed the ball. And oh, then, they, and then they like dunked it like two minutes oh, into the game. And my brother and I look at each other like, what? Did that just happen? And then they score again on some bullshit to go up 2 nothing. And it was one of the most demoralizing things I've ever experienced as a sports fan, just how much how excited I was because I thought I thought this is it. This is we're we're yeah, gonna celebrate yeah. the cup tonight. Um, so maybe me not being there will will help this year. Uh, all right, that's the show. Good luck to uh, all the teams. Just stay safe. Player safety is all we care about. That is of utmost importance. Shout out to UCLA signing Jordan Brand. It's an exciting time to be a college basketball fan, Tate. And we will be back on Friday breaking down all the Big Ten ACC Challenge action. See you guys. Later.